podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Poor John is dead. Poor John Fry is dead. All gather round his coffin now and cry. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this, the latest episode of the Rewatch Project with Hannah and Mike. How are you today, Hannah? I'm well. I am uh, one day before ankle surgery. I know. What a, what a fun day ahead of you you have tomorrow. So exciting. But uh, yes, yeah, so that's our second surgery of the month. Yeah. Um, technically, the third as well, if you consider a grommet insertion uh, <laughs> surgery, which it technically is. Yeah, yeah. But it's surgery in the sense that I suppose like having a filling is well, surgery. Well, you get a bit of local anaesthetic sprayed in the area and then the thing put in. Yeah. Like, yeah. Then I get a, a not little, a big deal. little prick in my ear, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so, yeah, so you're, you're, uh, yeah, you, you, you've got the, the, the big one tomorrow, but mm. uh, hopefully that will help. I mean, I'm sure that people who listened to the last episode will know our sort of shopping list of uh, maladies. Yeah. That we have had to experience recently, but uh, but one of the ways that we distract ourselves from such things, aside from uh, self-medicating, is uh, watching TV and movies Indeed. and ingesting pop culture. Um, so, uh, what are we going to be watching this evening, Hannah? We are watching episode five of season one of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, the title is "A Little Fear of Lightning." Synopsis says the origin story of Looking Glass is revealed, as is the truth behind the greatest hoax in American history. The smartest man in the world plots a daring escape. It is directed by Steph Green and written. Any relation to Seth Green? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, what's she known for? The Americans, Watchmen, The L Word, DME. Seems like the leftovers by any chance? Um, one moment. Oh, she did an episode of Preacher. Ah. Um, no. No. Wow. Gosh. And who co? So the, I'm assuming that, as usual, it's written by Damon Lindelof with a uh, additional writer. Yes. Uh, the other writer is Carly Ray. Um, she is known for. She was a staff writer on Mad Men. Um, she wrote for Westworld. That makes sense. She wrote an episode of The Leftovers. There it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, she wrote 16 episodes of Mad Men. Yeah. Uh, she wrote Constantine. Oh, wow. She's another DC property. Yeah, that's just one episode. Yeah, no, of that, that's but, a yeah. good, uh, good pedigree Four across. Four episodes uh, of The Bastard Executioner. Don't yeah. know what that is. Uh, two episodes of Mindhunter. Cool. So what we will be doing in a moment, uh, but after I've done a little bit of housekeeping, is um, we will watch this episode and then we will give our uh, review, reactions, feedback, uh, and then if we have any spoilers, we will make sure that we flag those. Uh, just a quick reminder to go over to wearepodsyndicate.com to check out all of the other podcasts over at Pod Syndicate, including the other show that I do, which is Stroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, The Iron Sequel, his film, her movie, and Film Bastards. Uh, I was also writing and little bonus shows on there. I keep meaning to do um, a Tales from the Tape Deck with Mark. We, we, we're going to do a... Um, like a beginner's guide to Springsteen episode we've been talking about for oh, ages, cool. but him being in the UK and me being in New Zealand, we're just got to get things lining up. And uh, the um, 
you know, constant surgery that we're having to uh, have and then recover from is uh, making that really difficult, you know. Uh, I mean, at least Hannah and I, you know, are infirmed together. So that helps uh, with doing all of that. Uh, And also just a quick reminder that we are on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter. And at both of those, we are at RewatchProj. And we can be reached um, by email. If you want your feedback read out on the show, email is the way to go. And that's rewatchprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And speaking of which, uh, let me just have a quick look. Um, we've got, oh, we've got audio feedback and we've got a read out too. Um, so uh, should we do the audio first? Sure. Okay. I, I might need to download this. So um, if you just give me a moment, this is from Mark. Um, and he's warned me that it's a bit of a, if you'll excuse the parlance, lengthy one. So uh, you might want to settle in uh, for Hi, this. Anna. Here, doing in another phoning. Um, I um, thought I'd uh, have a little word about how it's going with Watchmen with you. Uh, and also, given Hannah's propensity to want to know the ins and outs of everyone who writes in and, and so on, I thought I'd give you a little more info about me. My name is Mark Kane. My birthday is 19th of April. And the password I use for every single device is I love Nigella. So I'm not going to give you any more than that. That's all you have in. Um, when I say I am currently watching along with you, I have watched uh, episode one and two of Watchmen. Um, you should call it the Rewatchman, right? Rewatchman. <laughs> you missed the trick. Um, missed the trick. And I really enjoying the show both the Watchmen and you guys um, I am only part way through uh, your your feedback on episode 2 is that long on that one you're, you're two hours it looks like on mine uh, so I need to spend a bit of time I, I tend to walk when I listen so I've got a lot of walking to do to, to even catch up to episode 2 and I'm trying to keep pacing that I want to listen to episode 2 your, your episode two before I watch Watchmen episode three and so on. So uh, I'm, I'm going to have to do a lot of walking today so I can get on to episode three. We'll get on to Watchmen it. Later on. <laughs> um, really digging it. I really, really like the Watchmen. Uh, I've, I've watched first episode was quite invested. But during the middle of the second episode, I got properly invested. And the scene, I'll tell you the scene where I got properly invested. It was where the scene with the hooded justice, I think his name is, comes through the window and starts taking out the, the robbery. The, the guy's mm-hmm. robbing the store. Or that was the point where I was like, this is something I want to watch. So uh, I felt that. One other thing I will add, the whole Lord of the Manor thing actually reminds me a lot of uh, the Audrey segment in season three of Twin Peaks. Mm. There. She, he's kind of a bit... Like she can't leave the house. now and again. You get the vibe. He's not quite sure what's going on himself sometimes, but uh, I'm intrigued to see where that goes. I've got an idea of what that is, but I'm... I'm I could guess because I haven't looked forward, so it's not technically a spoiler if I'm just guessing, but I'm not going to. Uh, but I think I know who that is and how he's got in that situation, but I could be wrong. I will see. We'll see. Uh, what I wanted to do was also keep you apprised of where I'm at in my rewatch. Uh, nothing to report other than two of the things I talked about last time of at a certain stage is worth telling you about. I'm now finished the Patrick Troughton era of Doctor Who and started the John Pertwee era of Doctor Who. And I'll tell you what, in a few months, I'll actually join up to the point I remember watching Doctor Who the first time as a child. Wow. Uh, it was towards the end of the John Pertwee run. Stuff like the Green Death, you know, the ones with the giant maggots and stuff like that, and some of the autumn stuff. And I'm nearly there, so I am going to be joining up at that point, and then it become a rewatch project for me again, which is kind of cool. It's exciting. Uh, mm. And also, I've started season seven of The Next Gen. Uh, so, you know, that's going on. Um, 
Right, I wanted to recommend a few one-off series for you that you may want to yes. consider. I heard you talk about a few already, so I'm not going to mention those, but here's a list of ones I drew up that I think I could recommend. Now, I realise that a lot of them may not be rewatches; they might be first watches, but I thought it would be worth throwing you a list anyway, and some of them you may have watched. Um, first one that sprung to mind for me was The Prisoner. Uh, that's a great series. If you've never seen it, it is worth spending some time. I, Claudius, it's stagey, I realise that but it's still very well acted and it's a great great intriguing series um the next two i've got hex files collections can you guess what they are can you guess what millennium they and the okay, lone gunman your time. uh space above and beyond oh, space i mentioned that uh, I? yeah that is kind of an interesting one i think you guys might dig that um and the lone gunman uh much forgotten but you know it's got the x-files link and there's one classic episode in there where for we find out for you know the little short old guy is a tango master that is amazing that episode. <laughs> uh, that's really worth a rewatch and there's not that many of them i think it's like 13 or 14 or something like that the original battlestar galactica is a, a, a one season only shot i know it had that 1980 spin-off but the original is a one series thing uh, and I thoroughly recommend uh, that. Kolchak the Night Stalker was kind of evident. I think, you know, you must have seen some of those. You must have. Um, slightly shorter series I've got here um, that might be easier as a sort of sorbet rather than those long ones I just mentioned. Um, Roots, the original Roots. Yeah, Given what serious. you've sort of the things that are in the zeitgeist at the minute um, and, you know, The Watchmen, I think Roots might be an interesting rewatch at this point. Um, uh, so I'd seen LeVar Burton doing his stuff in the early days too um, there was a Channel 4 series which was amazingly good but very dark called Red Riding uh, I think there's only they were more like films or, or long mm, yeah it's first thing Andrew Garfield was in them, but that was really good uh, there was a recent series I think this is the only recent one in my list actually uh, yeah it is uh, called The Bodyguard with Richard Madden and Keely Horse was really good as a one one shot I really like that that was uh, worth a watch very tense did, uh, another series from like I think 80s uh, which was a one off along the lines of Roots really uh, Shogun Shogun yeah, was Shogun. a lot of fun Richard Chamberlain and this one's a bit of a cheat uh, because there is a, there's more than one series but um, man there's a reason that I'm only saying series one uh, I only think Heroes this is Heroes <laughs> uh, um, did, never did a show shit in the bed as much as Heroes did <laughs> that first season, season was great season though two. even Lost did better um, but Heroes season one is great but you know I know there's other seasons but honestly can we just ignore them um, one suggestion here is a comedy one now I don't usually go think pod comedy isn't necessarily good things for podcast discussions because you end up just saying the jokes but I reckon as like a special one-off you could do Police Squad uh, it's yeah. only six episodes they're only like 20 minutes each so you could do a lot in maybe two and a half hours and just talk about the whole lot in one show Police Squad would be a lot of fun and also you can contextualise it with stuff like Airplane and the Naked Gun movie series and stuff like that it might be a lot of fun and this last one is a very obscure one no way is this a rewatch there's not a hope in hell either of you have seen any of these I'm sure of it but it's such a great um um drama that i have to mention it it's a it's an and i have to because i run an anthology anthology an anthology podcast and this is an anthology show it's called dead of night it was aired 
on the BBC in 1972, uh, and there were only three re- surviving episodes. There were seven originally, but three surviving episodes. And you know what? I'm recommending this based on only seeing one of them, but the one I saw was so good. So I mean, it was ridiculously good. Uh, it's possibly one of the best one-shot episodes of TV I've ever seen in my life, uh, and it was called The Exorcism. Uh, and it's called Dead of Night, The Exorcism, and I think all three on YouTube, so they're easy to track down. Um, but honestly, it's a massive recommend for that, and though I appreciate it, it won't be a rewatch for you guys. Anyway, loving the show, loving this sorbet into the Watchmen, but I'm having trouble catching up with you, you're too fast. Uh, so I will uh, try and Careful what you wish for. sort of leapfrog watching an episode, listening to you, watch it as you go. Um, but I also appreciate the, the speed which you're putting these out because I'd hate to do this weekly. I honestly do want to get through these a lot faster, to be honest. Okay, so that's me. Um, keep up the great work. Uh, and until next time, it's Mark. Bye-bye. Cheers, Mark. Oh, that was a great message. Mm. Thank you, Mark. Um, it's funny. I've popped your birthday in my diary, so I know <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Mark mentioned that long episode. That he wrote that list after because we do we talk a little bit at the beginning, and then if you remember at the end of the show, yeah. I, I was like, right, I've got yeah, loads yeah, yeah. more, and a whole bunch of them. Um, police squad, the prisoner. There's another couple as well. Um, space above and beyond, and I think yeah. the lone gunman are ones that I mentioned as well. But there's some great ones in there. You know. I've, I've written them all down. And um, yeah, Hannah was typing diligently yeah, yeah, away. Yep, I was taking notes Cold Chat the Night Stalker is a great one that that was one where it was um, it was a, it was a bunch of TV movies in the 70s um, and then it became a, I think a, a weekly show for a very brief period of time but it's famous now mainly because it was one of the key influences for the X-Files mm. and it was cited a lot I mean right down to the fact that they um, I think the actor from the show had a bunch of cameos in the X-Files there's mm. characters named after characters in Kolchak and uh, you know it was it was about a kind of CD um, journalist who looked into like paranormal cases and it was like a monster of the week kind of thing yeah. so it's almost like an anthology show like The Twilight Zone but there was a lead character who was in each episode um, I appreciate that he's pleased we're doing more than just once a week yeah. um, and, and that's you know, very much our thinking too. We didn't want it to be like taking us nine weeks to get through what's supposed to be a sore Yeah, I think that's the thing. That's exactly it because mm. um, I think that with a show like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where it's a it's a big project to rewatch it, mm. um, you know, your enthusiasm for that is quite elastic. Mm. Um, whereas when it's a, a nine-shotter, um, you can just you you, you you just want to power through you it. Want to power through it, yeah. yeah. Not not to get it out of the way. No, um, but but just, it's compelling viewing as well. You don't want to stretch it out that long. Like, I mean, we watched we watched it over a week and a half. Yeah. When we first watched it, like I wouldn't have wanted to watch one episode a week no. for nine weeks. And also cynically, um, we don't want to lose the listeners who were listening because yeah. of Agents of Shield and yeah, maybe aren't absolutely. listening to this. You know, yep. who pro- ironically won't be hearing this. So. <laughs> Fuck those tough days there. <laughs> Part-timers, they're sorest. He's kidding. Um, okay, so uh, thank you, Mark. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah, and, and lots you. of food awesome. for thought as well. Um, okay, I have closed my email for some stupid well, reason. Well, that was uh, dumbass. There we you. go. Ah, yes. The email is called lists. 
Be like hey this. guys, Aid here again. Thanks for reading my mail on last week's show. Still loving it, and hope you both recover quickly or at least acquire no new injuries. <laughs> Thank you so much. We'll see. Uh, just wanted to get a sense of you guys' Star Trek fandom. You have mentioned it a few times. Favorite live actions. Trick shows, least fave to fave, please. Eight. Oh, wow. That's asking for our credentials, isn't it? Okay. You go first. Um, oh, that's really difficult. Well, go for it. It's funny. I find the the very top and the very bottom really difficult to do. So uh, we, like, okay, I haven't seen any of the animated... We said live action. Oh, right. Okay. So, um, yes, you did. So. I'd probably go. Let, let me do mine super quick okay. to get out of the way. Um, I would say... And I like all of them. So least favourite? Least favourite would probably be Voyager. Mm-hmm. Then I would say probably Picard, because there's only been one season of it, one yeah. short season, so I haven't yet to, had a chance to you know, really bond with it. Yeah. Then I'd say probably Discovery. Mm-hmm. Then I would say Enterprise. This is where it gets really difficult. Then I would say Next Gen. Then I would say Deep Space Nine, and then I would say Original Series. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, same Voyager would be down the bottom. And I like Voyager, and yeah, I know I, a lot. I, I know a lot of people really like that show, so I'm not. I'm not. I, I like it, episodes of it, but yeah. I found it the least engaging. Yeah. Um, then for me, it would probably be. Uh, I think I'm the same as you, Picard, then Discovery. It's harder with the newer shows because yeah. they're still on. They yeah, I mean, like. I, I loved both shows yeah. and absolutely adored the end of season one of Picard, yeah, yeah. but I have to agree with you that it's only been one season and when you're balancing that up with, um, you know, the numerous seasons well, that well, have been you're, out Well, of, you're, if you compare Picard to Next Generation, you're comparing 10 episodes to 180 episodes. Exactly. And a bunch of films. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd ha- I would just have to put it, and I think that that would probably change the further on things get. Yeah. Um, and also the other thing is as well is that there's, there's been no time for any nostalgia mm. for the for the newer shows to occur. Yeah. Then for me it would be the original season, yep. the series. Sorry. Um, then it would be next gen. Then it would be Enterprise. Then it would be Deep Space Nine. Right. So you prefer you like you prefer Enterprise to Next Gen. Enterprise. I've said this. I can't remember what I said it on one of our Shitstorm Twenty Twenty things mm-hmm. on Jin Stroker versus Bunter. Um, Enterprise is my favourite of all of them in terms of the one I enjoyed the most watching. Yeah. But. Um, there is no getting around that DS9 is the better show. Yeah. Um, so it, I would never, I would never put Enterprise above it in term, in that kind of sense because I enjoyed both shows as much as each other. I enjoyed DS9 as much as Enterprise, but for some reason Enterprise just connected with me that wee bit more. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I think as far as the top one goes, I think if you caught me on any day of the week. Next Gen, Deep Space Nine, or the original series could be my number one. They're yeah. all pretty much equal. And for different reasons, I think Deep Space Nine is just flat out the best of the three. Just dispassionately looking at them. If you're going for them. comfort viewing, I'd probably say Next Gen. And then, and then Next Gen has that. And also Next Gen really was the beginning of the renaissance of Star Trek. 
Uh, but the reason I go for the original series is that it was just so original and such and a trailblazer. And, I, and also, I can't re- ever remember a time I didn't watch it. And also, I love the films. And I know it's a bit of a cheat, but those characters, Kirk, um, <laughs> Spurk, Cock and McCoy. <laughs> Spurk and Cock. Spurk and Cock. No, um, um, Kirk, Spock and McCoy, I just think, are the the my favourite characters in... Literature, mm. honestly, I think that the the, 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 the yeah. chemistry between those three actors, I think, is the best chemistry that has ever existed in television. It's a strong menage. It is. At it is, and um, yeah. Uh, so I mean, there's that, but, but I mean, objectively, I mean, the there's an entire season of the original series, the third season, which was made after Gene Roddenberry left, and they had the budget slashed, which is pretty terrible, pretty much mm. every episode. But Spock's brain, uh, being yeah, yeah, a particular. Exactly. But, I mean, they're, and they're enjoyable on a camp level. Mm. But I just think that you can't argue with the influence because, at the end of the day, everything, all of geek culture now, whether it's you know the Expanse or Twilight or the Big Bang Theory or um, the even like the popularity of like the Lord of the Rings movies, mm. yeah. Star Wars. That all comes from that original 60s Star Trek. It does, you know? yeah. Um, there's there's uh, no getting around it. It was groundbreaking. So I kind of have to give it to number mm. one, but at the same time... Um, if I, I, just, would... I just don't engage with it quite in the same way that you do. That's why yeah. it's not higher in my yeah. list. And, uh, but if I am sick and I want to throw an episode of Star Trek, I'll probably check out an episode of Next Gen. Yeah, I would too. You know, And there's a lot to be said for that. And mm. a big part of the appeal of Star Trek... I've, I've talked about this on, the, on my other podcast. Right, with this blue trombone. It, it, is that, <laughs> is that it's, it's, it's people you like doing stuff you want to do. Yeah. And I think that that's never better exemplified than in, in the next generation. Um, but, okay, so shall we, um, shall we move on? Thank you, Aid. Yes, thank you, Aid. Why yours? Let us know what your order is. Yeah, well. absolutely. Uh, but basically, what we want to know is who is correct, as of Hannah and I. <laughs> um, They're not going to agree with me. Well, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I think we both know that. Uh, but I think we need a prerequisite in everybody emailing in now: birthdays, full name, um, you know, I don't know, favorite ice cream. Yeah, order order of Star Trek series preference. Yeah, order of Star Trek series preference. So, even if you've never seen them, just guess. I'll start. I'll start a listener podcast birthday chart. Yeah. So we've got Mark on the nineteenth of April. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be tapping that board. Yeah. Like, come on, Mike, we've got to do this. I'm, I am quite the amazing singer, as Mike will absolutely <laughs> Oh, yes. I have my own uh, key. It's called H-Flag. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll move the microphone back when we um, get to celebrate somebody's birthday. Yeah, yeah. So I am more than up for singing um, happy birthday <laughs> to you. You sound like a... Heavily inebriated Shirley Bassey, when you <laughs> God, thank God. It's like it's like you sing with all of the vigor and confidence of Shirley Bassey, but with none of the talent. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. 100%. Um, all right, guys. So we're going to um, take a short break. Oh, well, we're going to we're going to um, watch the episode, uh, and then we'll come back and um, we will give you our thoughts on that. Uh, so, Hannah, remind us which episode are you watching? So we are watching. Season 1, Episode 5, Little Fear of Lightning. All right, we'll be back with you after we have watched that. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. 
pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate, The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's on Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on The Bonus Shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast. Okay, so we have just watched episode five, is it, of, yep. uh, of Watchmen? Uh, Little Fear of Lightning. Um, I just want to mention, actually, before we get into the opinions of it, that um, this is based on a quote from Jules Verne, uh, the science fiction writer. Mm -hmm. And the quote is, uh, and I love this because this absolutely sums up um, so much of what this episode's about and the original Watchmen is about, particularly in regards to Veidt's um, squid hoax. Uh, The quote is, if there were no thunder, men would have little fear of lightning. Mm. You know, the idea that sometimes Mm -hmm. you need something bad to keep people... Yeah, in line, you know, um, but uh, but yeah. So, um, little fear of lightning. What did you think of this one, Hannah? I absolutely adored it. It would be a nine and a half out of ten for me. Oh, cool. Uh, what about you? Yeah, the same. I mean, it's it's funny how um, you know. Obviously, the show is about primarily about Angela, but I do like the fact that you know. I mean, even only five episodes in, we've had two episodes where she kind of takes. The back seat, like mm. the first episode with Laurie in it, she does. Yeah, and I like the fact that the the universe is rich enough that they can do that. Yeah, it's a little bit like a mini origin story <clears throat> for Looking Glass, and it's it's necessary, I think, um, given he's one of the main characters. Yeah, and I think that this is the episode where, and I know that we've sort of questioned it a little bit when they say that you don't need to have watched the original to understand the series i think technically that's true and i think this episode largely is the one that gives you the most information about the about watchmen about the about the original story um but i just think my the reason i question it is that's coming halfway through yeah so i mean is is somebody who doesn't know what's going on gonna stick with it you know exactly i think you'd be pretty um i'd feel pretty lost if I didn't know what had gone on previous. Mm. Yeah. Let's um, get into it. Okay. So we open up with um, the, the familiar Watchman font um, presented as a radio dial. Mm-hmm. And we're in Hoboken um, in New Jersey in uh, 1985. Um, this will play into the episode, episode later, but Hoboken is the town that um, Frank Sinatra was born and raised in. Um, I only know that because I've just finished reading the biography of Frank Sinatra. I love the fact that um, throughout this episode, they use Careless Whisper as a track. Yeah. And it starts off the 80s version. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the actual George Michael. In the, the fairground. And if you notice, when it gets to the end where he's, um, you know, he's going back into the police precinct and having had his mind blown by the video and all that kind of thing it's the 
it like reimagined version yeah. and there's an instrumental theory. version of it like yeah, an acoustic yeah. like a bluesy version yeah that's... and like I, I just love that they use that for his uh, descent into depression for having spent so many years of his life worrying about something that's a construct well yeah it's, it's sort of um, it's imprinted for song on him because mm. it was what was playing when it happened yeah. it's like um you know, like you, you and I have talked before about how um, sometimes we associate podcasts we were listening to mm. with certain times, and I and I think about how um, I, I remember the first time I ever kissed a girl. Um, this is the worst thing ever, but the Bruce Willis version of Under the Boardwalk was playing. Oh, good Lord, <laughs> uh, I was on holiday, um, like with my parents, and so even now, in the admittedly incredibly rare circumstances where I hear that song. It's kind of like, wow, okay, yeah, that takes me back. But that can obviously happen negatively as well, you know, yeah. and, and sort of have that sort of response. And I also think it's interesting, this is jumping ahead a little bit here, but we'll, 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 we'll dovetail back in a moment. But when he exits the, the fun house and sees the sort of a devastation in New mm. Jersey, um, it's, the song is slowing down. Oh, yeah, um, it does that thing and, we've talked about in previous episodes. Um I was talking to you about the rules of attraction thing with the the girl kills herself and yeah. as she's bleeding out, the song goes all wonky. Mm. Um, and that happens that happens in previous episodes. It's almost like a um what are they, are they calliopes, is that what they're called? Those funhouse like piano organs that play themselves. Mm. It almost feels like it's one of those sort of powering down, mm. you know. And um but yeah, so we see that it's one minute to midnight. Uh, on New Year's Eve in um, oh no it's not New Year's Eve sorry it's the, it's in uh, it's, it's 11, 11 two. Two. yeah and it's the thing is 2nd of November of November yeah so it's interesting that you've got 9-11 and 11-2 mm. are both emergency numbers yeah you know you've got nine one one and one one two, which is like a sort of secondary um, I didn't know um, what one two was well I mean it, it's the kind of um, something bad's happened, but I don't need the police to come around immediately. Kind of number. So kind and, of like what one hundred and five is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's funny because we talked before about how um, this is clearly meant to be the nine eleven mm. uh, of the Watchmen universe, mm. and um, it's funny how it is analogous. But, you know, partly to evoke that in the audience, but also that certain things would happen. Like you've got the recovery groups, and also the fact that you know a lot was made from. Um, People in New Jersey, when 9-11 happened, they could see it. They could see it across the water, mm. you know. And I think this felt like it was eliciting that, you know, the fact that they were away from from there. But it also it gives them the opportunity to do a really cool shot as well, mm. you know, yeah. sort of near, near, near the beginning. But, um, but, yeah, so we see this one minute to midnight. Again, we've got this this, this time motif. Um, so we see the young the way Jehovah's Witnesses, yeah, the Watchtower, yeah, hunting out the Watchtower. And the idea is, is that they're they're in Hoboken, which is this kind of you know very Atlantic City esque, um, you know, carny kind of den of iniquity type of environment, and they're there to convert people. And he rather misguidedly goes to try and convert some toughs, mm. um, and he's he's sort of seduced into the funhouse. Uh, with the promise of sort of, you know... Well, he thinks illi- he thinks that the girl is saving him from being beaten up. Yes, and showing an interest in kind of what and he's got to And it goes a bit, like, for me, it reminded me of um, in Revenge of the Nerds when um, the main nerd is pretending to be Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the cheerleader thinks... Boy, that's a sequence that's not aged well, is it? Oh, I know. <laughs> but, um, um, but it sort of harks, 
harks back to that. So you you immediately think that they're about to get get her on. Yeah. yeah. And, and when he realises that he's been duped, um, he starts sort of self-hating at himself in the mirror, saying, you're a sinner, you, 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 you're going to get what you deserve. I'd have to say, that actor, amazingly, um, made his buttocks tremble. <laughs> That's acting, isn't and it? And I thought that was pretty incredible. Hey, I don't think I, I know can. this is an audio podcast, but I reckon I can do that. <laughs> no, you can't. They're trembling now. <laughs> you just can't see them. Um, so what, what we see here is that we're basically seeing the New Jersey perspective on the kind of psychic attack by the interdimensional uh, squid. Yeah. That uh, that you know readers of the original Watchmen will know. Um, was engineered by Vite as a way of... I mean, in, in some ways, it's a classic Bond villain plot. Because yeah. Bond villains are always saying, oh, I'm trying to destroy the world to make the world a better place. And I suppose, ultimately, it all goes back to Hitler, doesn't it? It all goes yeah, back yeah. to this idea of, hey, I'm doing this because um, well, I'm going to make the world a better place in this sort of psychotic, self-serving, murder, mur- you know, murderous bastard kind of way. Um, so, yes, yeah, so we've got the careless whisper motif going on here as well. Um, I think... It's it's great that we get a shot of a toppled clock with blood on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's really that's like an amalgamation of the two great motifs of Watchmen. You know, the the the, the smiley badge covered in blood and the clock face. It's literally, um, you know, it's all there in that one image. Um, we get New York, New York playing by Hoboken's own Frank Sinatra. Yeah, um, I didn't realise actually until reading Sinatra's biography that. He recorded New York, New York, right at the end of his career. Because uh, I always think of that as the classic Frank Sinatra song. Mm. And he was old when he recorded that. Um, so, But then we get a great shot, just from a special effects perspective. I look at it around my way sort of era. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's old, toupeed, yeah. slight, you toupee, know. Yeah. tuxedo yeah. man. As opposed to sort of, you know, young, skinny, kind of gangstery badass, Jimmy yeah. Cagney uh, Sinatra. Um I think the shot as well, just from a special effects perspective, is great. Where you see them pull back across the corpses, and they go. I think they get what well, they go through like the Ferris wheel, mm. and then right across um, the is it the Hudson? I don't um, know. Across the the water between mm. um, Jersey and New York, <clears throat> and then you see the you know the giant squid sort of suckling mm. on a on a building, um, and then we cut to the present where we see that Wade is a kind of. Um, Watching the Watchers as a part of a focus group for the We Came Back ad. Mm-hmm. Um, for basically the tourist board trying to get people back to New York. Yeah, because it's got a bit of a sort of psychic stink. Yeah. Well, why would you want to go there when, you know... Yeah, this horribly traumatic thing has yeah. happened. Um, so Wade's watching them and he, tell, he, he tells them that, that despite the sort of positive notices... Um, that the focus group actually despised it. And basically what we see is that Wade has this ability, um, you know, maybe... Got resi- a good bullshit detector. He, it is. I mean, and it could be... I mean, I don't know if the show says, but the impression I got was that it's like a psychic residue, maybe, from the experience yeah. that he had. And so, he, yeah, so he's very useful in a um, corporate sense. Yeah. Um, and he talks about fear, about, of course, they, you know, of course they fear. He fears. Um we go over to the to the police and we see Laurie addressing the police, um, the force in the way. Obviously, because obviously she's taken over from um, Judd, mm-hmm. and um, she basically what she says is, "Look, we need to find this church that we're seeing in the yeah. videos." 
Um, Angela and Glass talk about yeah, the pills. Yeah, we can't find the people, but we can find where they are. Yes. Yeah. Um, we see Laurie talking to Wade, and she, um, and she asks him if uh, he's still scared, and he says that he joined the force after White Knight. Um, and basically, she suggests that it's just an excuse for him to wear reflective stuff to reflect the psychic, uh, you know, um, hoodoo away. Mm-hmm. Um, she asks about the pills, and she says that she's bugged the cactus. Now, I'm sure, knowing Damon Lindelof's um, fanboydom of Twin Peaks, that that's a Twin Peaks reference, because you learn in the final episode of Twin Peaks that Cooper's cactus has been bugged. Right. Uh, by Windham Earl. And there's loads of shots of people leaning over the cactus and talking and stuff. And it feels like that was... Mm. It felt like they needed to have his office bugged. And, and I would bet good money that David Lindelof was like, let's make it the cactus because then mm. I can get a little Twin Peaks reference in there. And she's quite condescending, keep calling him Mirror Guy when she knows his name is Looking Glass. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, you can have that if you want. Mm. And, and it's the way as well that he's kind of not being goaded by it. He's like, no. you know... For what my well, actual name is. Well, he can see is. exactly what she's doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, another thing is as well is, I mean, he can read people really well. And I think that she's built up so much, so many walls of um, emotional defensiveness around herself that he probably knows her better than she knows herself at this yeah. point. Yeah, Because, um, you know, she's just fighting away, away from that. Um, we get some Enchanted Evening, another Sinatra song play. Um, With the juxtaposition of him watching uh, Minute, Minute Men porn. Yeah, well, well, it's not. It's not porn. It's oh, a film, well. it's for TV series. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, in eating beans out yeah. of the tin. Like, well, uh, and that's an interesting thing as well because that was um, Rorschach's thing in the yeah. original Watchmen. And he, and you see that he's got that reflector team in his cap. Mm. Yeah. So he's he's full sort of tin foil hat. Mm. Um, we see that his alarm has broken, mm-hmm. and he um, he he sort of freaks out um, when he calls the company and they tell him how long the replacement's going to be. And what basically, you get the impression that he's broken it through overuse. Yeah. You know, it, wasn't des- uh, it wasn't designed to be used by somebody with the level it's of OCD. It's tested that much. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, and you get his sense of paranoia in the sense that he, um, he's got his mask on all the time. Yeah. Like, he never takes it off. Whereas you see, like, Angela only wears it when she's on the job she's not she's not militant about having it on at any other time whereas wade wade would like eat sleeps and shits in it and it's interesting as well because his mask and this has literally just occurred to me kind of does two things you've got the the fact that it's his tinfoil hat Mm. but also um he was looking in a mirror when his trauma occurred yeah. So he's actually wearing his trauma, yeah. you know, and projecting it outwards as yeah. well. So it's a kind of, it's a defense thing, but it's also him wearing a hair suit of shame yeah, as well. Absolutely. You know? yep. um, so we also see that in his bunker, he's got an empty bunk bed mm-hmm. that he's looking at as well, as though that has some significance. There was a life he thought he would have that has eluded him, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I like the fact that when we see him doing another, uh, well, we see another um, market research test going on. Um, it's a yellow smiley face on the front of the cereal box. Mm. Um, so we cut to more eggs, um, but this time it's the cloning thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah. 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 They might not be eggs you eat, but they're still eggs. Yeah. Um, and Cynthia... 
He says a different name and then goes all Cynthia Bennett. So the implication is she's his ex-wife. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's spoken about her in previous episodes as well when it came to the sort of like giving her the pills. So basically, it's a pet cloning facility. They, I love how nonchalantly they throw the unwanted cloned pet into the incinerator. Yeah. I've got incinerates a dog. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was... That, yeah, I thought I found that a bit... Bleh. So he's asked her about the pills and she's been looking at them and she tells them that there's something... Tells him that there's something called nostalgia... Uh, and that basically they, they are memories in pillful memories that have been captured and sort yeah. of trapped and can be uh, reaccessed. Mm. Uh, this is where we're getting the uh, instrumental acoustic version of Careless Whisper, um, and and there's a little bit of talk about how he uh, from his ex about how he worries about being betrayed by women. Mm. Um, a worry that will prove once again to be uh, found it. utterly valid. Mm. But, I mean, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you. Yeah. Um, and this is where we see him in sort of leading a recovery group for uh, 11-2 or yeah. 2-11, I can't remember. Yeah, 11-2. 11-2, yeah. Um, and this is something that I thought was really interesting. I liked it that when that woman joins it, he says, are you a friend of Nemo? Like, you know, mm. it was like... The fish. Friend of Dorothy. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's also interesting that the first guy we see speaking, an African-American guy... Mm. And he's talking about how he his mother had this, mm. and he has got had what they what they believe to be called genetic trauma. Um, yeah. It's like inherited trauma, and when something bad happens, the parents it gets locked into the DNA. That's what this entire show is about. If mm. you look at Angela and her grandfather, so I just think it's interesting this idea of inherited trauma, as demonstrated by people inheriting this fear. Um, of this attack that occurred in, uh, in New York is, is analogous to a lot of other stuff that's going on in the show with Angela and her family. Mm. So we see a new person arrive, uh, yeah. played by Paula Malcolmson, who's, she's a great actress and she's such a genre Do person. Do I know her from, aside from this? Oh person. gosh, she's, she's been in a lot of westerns. She was in Unforgiven. She was in Tombstone. It's probably Tombstone. She's been in a lot of genre stuff. She's a really good actor. Um, they talk about how um, it saved the world um, because, you know, the whole idea of unifying behind a common threat. I love that quote of that every tunnel ends with light and if you let me guide you, I'll guide you towards the light. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's such a lovely thing. Even though he's not there, I like that. It's a nice sentiment. He's, he he wants to get there. Like yeah. he's hopeful he will get there. Yeah, but if he can't, if he can help other people, then mm. that's you know the next yeah. best thing. He doesn't want anyone else to be stuck with the trauma he's stuck with. I yeah. think is is what it is, and I suppose that harks back to his, um, you know, his wit- Jehovah's Witnessing, like yeah. wanting to save souls, save the masses, yeah. and teach them the ways that you should be living and the things that are important and yeah yeah it's it's kind However of however misguided that it's, it, it's, yeah. it's coming from a good place yeah you know yeah um but so they go to a bar and they talk you get a little bit of a sense of the alternate history here because they talk about pale horse a film that steven spielberg mm. released in 1992 which is obviously the year that he released Schindler's List in yeah, real life. and talks about how it's black and white with a girl in red and yes. the colour really pops. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, so the idea being that it's like when Spielberg was getting to his touchy-feely phase, 
in this reality, he has something else that he could be talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and she talks about how she just can't understand why everyone isn't petrified. And they talk about how... She talks about how the only times that she feels free is either when she's lost in, like, having sex or when she's watching lost that film. That film. You know, mm-hmm. um, and um, he, you know, plays it, all, plays it cool, but ultimately... Um, you know when he's back in the funhouse. Yeah, he says I don't have any friends mm. as well, which is an important thing. And I think that's why I think it's important that this episode ends with him betraying Angela because he does have friends. He just doesn't realise it. And Angela has friends. She just doesn't realise it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's. Uh, um, but he and he admits to her as well, and this is why it's another real slap in the face to him. Is he actually shows his vulnerability and admits mm. to her that he is still in the tunnel? Yeah. Um, and. Um, he sees uh, the sort of symbolic lettuce fall off yep. the back of the truck um, and he follows them. Uh, he calls it in and he follows them and he finds what looks like the church from the videos. And we see and a they, ball. When they get out of the truck, they've got their raw shake masks yes, on. They, yes, yeah. absolutely. And he sees a ball falling through what looks like some kind of portal. Just before that, though, um, when he's sneaking around trying to get in and find the gun and, you know, he's basically trying to infiltrate the the premises um did you hear the ticking clock no i didn't actually yeah like just to for listeners point of view mike is getting a grommet put in his ear tomorrow so he's a bit deaf um that's the only reason i asked not because i think he's dumb and didn't doesn't spot things but yeah, I'm not like deaf I, and dumb I, <laughs> just I just I was pretty sure you hadn't heard it yeah 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 um but there is a ticking oh wow as, okay as he's going around nice yeah and I think it's, it's, it's they're very deliberate about when they include that as well yeah yeah um but yeah so we see that he has in fact been tricked by a woman again um and she says that she a resplendent in her Rorschach mask that she wanted to show him the truth and the, and the senator they is there. And specifically set him up to go there and that what he's called in was actually they've, they've um, intercepted that mm. feed, so no one's coming for Yeah, him. it was very elaborately contrived, wasn't mm. it? Um, and basically, like again, a, a little bit like a Bond villain um, or Thanos or one of these kind of, hey, I'm doing bad things for the right reasons, the senator starts to rationalise what he's done mm. by saying that... that um, that he and Judd were basically keeping the peace. So all this yeah. mad shit's going on. So you need somebody in there kind of just trying to keep things stable. Is it a little bit like Vice as well in that yeah. regard? Yeah. And um, they all t- as bad as each other. Yeah. And um, he says that, you know, obviously they have this teleportation device. And, Which is but, the same as the one used in Eleven Two. Yes, to to bring the, uh, that Vite used to bring yeah. the, um, the, the squid over. But what he says is, he said, the big issue is that Angela is disturbing the peace. So basically, they've got something up their sleeve that's going to make things better. Mm. But she's kind of like... Um, shining a torch in the wrong areas and he's like we don't want to kill her but we will if we have to mm. um and her family uh he's like but what we need basically is for her to be taken off the chessboard for a few days so if you've got anything that you can give to laurie that's going to keep her mm. quiet for a little while then we which need is, that. is why he basically wrecks her out at the end because he just needs he he's doing it because he is her friend and he does know that she's his friend and this is his way 
of saving his friend because if he doesn't get her out of the way, she's going to yeah, die. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of it like that, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, that is his motivation, isn't it? Yeah, because he cares about her. Yeah, yeah. He's not doing it because he he wants her to get in he's, trouble. Yeah, he, because, he wants he, because to, of the badge. He it's wants like, to be alive. Yeah. He wants her to live. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what we see is a video um, of Veidt's Veidt's confession that he recorded in 1985 just prior to the events of um, 11-2. He probably recorded it in 11-1. Uh, and this is this is um, seven years, uh, so this is before President Redford came in in 993, but Veidt being the puppet master that he mm. is, you know, saw, you know, predicted dash engineered that happening. So he mm. wanted to lay out what had happened and basically solicit partnership in maintaining the illusion just so it wasn't, you know, for aught. A one and done know. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was a hoax to save the world, he yeah. says. And now he's telling the truth. Um, and it will only work if the president buys in. Um, there's a great dissolve to the manor. Mm-hmm. Um, and a great dissolve in and out. We talked about this the last couple of episodes. Mm. There's these sort of, um, you know, interstitial sort of like, you know, transitions through liminal spaces. Uh, that the you... one back out is particularly great. Yeah. 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 And um, so w- w- at the manor, what we see is um, that Vite is finally ready to, um, you know, trebuchet himself. Yeah. Off. And we see that he's actually, um, the other side of the curtain is what looks like a moon of Jupiter. Mm. Um, and we see all of the carcasses of the previously catapulted uh, sort of guinea pigs. And he arranges them, you know, Robinson Crusoe style into a giant so save, save me. me. It looks like there's another word there as well. Yeah. Um, uh but we don't see it. I can't remember what there that is. is yeah, but I'm guessing that's a reveal. Yeah, that's revealed yeah, in a later episode. A um, and um, we see the the warden, who is clearly one of the butler clones, but yeah. who seems to have have a, a extra sentience or authority. Yeah. Or I'm not, I'm not really clear what's going I on love there. When he says, "I'm going to show you no mercy," and then it cuts to now. Here we have mercy mm. perfume. Well, it's funny as well because in the original. Um, Watchmen in the film and the TV series mm. when we meet Veidt he's got this huge company and the idea is he's retired from superhero done because it's the law and he's branched out into loads of businesses and we see in the original Watchmen that he's launching a perfume called Nostalgia <laughs> right. you know that's the first thing we see of him in the in the film you know yeah. the original Watchmen so it's fun that they're connecting all of this sort of like branding stuff across yeah. Um we see a lot of talk. Oh, another thing as well I noticed early on is that when we were in Hoboken um, and it starts with a panel of the newsstand and there's a kid reading a Black Fraser comic. And oh, on the yeah. back he's got an advert for, for, for the, the Vite yeah. method. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the comic that he's reading is the is Black the Fraser. Black. Oh, yeah. right, okay. Um, so there's lots of... The, the, what, the other thing that we see as well is, is that people... Um, that the Minutemen TV series is kind of like a water cooler show. Mm. So you get little... Snippets of, yeah. of, of chit chats of people in the police station in other environments. Talk- yeah, because they're talking about hooded justice was the forties and Doctor Manhattan with the sixties. It can't be the same person. Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. In, and in um, beneath the hood, um, the book, the tell-all book that was written by the original Night Owl. He says that none of them ever knew who Hooded Justice was, mm-hmm. and he theorizes that he thought he knew who it was. That it was some like bodybuilder or weightlifter guy. Mm. And uh, so a part of the fabric of the universe 
is that mystery. And that's obviously part of this TV show, this Ryan Murphy-ish TV show that yeah. we're seeing. And um, Angela asks Glass if he has the pills. You know, what's leaning over the the, uh, the cactus? Mm. Or is it cacti? Mm-hmm. Cacti does one, isn't it? Um, oh, go on. Oh, I was just going to say, it, she leans over and confesses about Everything. her cover-up. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how it's her grandfather and... Um, she she does. She's, she's been covering for she him. She still doesn't think he did it um, because he's a hundred and he can't. She doesn't know he can yeah. stand up. Um, and also, crucially, that the the pills, the, the nostalgia pills, are his memories or mm. presumably his memories. Yeah, yeah. And that's when he apologizes. Yeah, to he her. says he's sorry. Um, and she swallows all the pills before they can be taken away from her. Um, and yeah, I like that's his show of friendship. As mm. much as it doesn't seem like it, given, it's the lesser of two evils. Given the it? ultimatum he's been given earlier, that's that's obviously why he's decided that's the best course of action. Yeah, mm. yeah, and um, so we see her. They attempt to arrest her, and she necks all of them. Mm. Um, and then we we cut back to him coming home and seeing the alarm and throwing it in the bin and then not being able to let that I happen. kind of love that because as much as he knows it's all bullshit, he can't let go of the fear. It's like, it's like OCD. It's like, yeah. I know I've locked the door, Yeah, but I have but to go back. But you're check it anyway. Yeah. Know? And uh, and, th- and then we see a team of Rorschachs descend armed mm. on his house and uh, and we finish. So uh, any final thoughts before we talk about what we're going to be doing I, next time? I just absolutely adore that episode. I think it really ramps it up in terms of its storytelling at this point. It's so... I mean, the acting performances in general are just excellent. It's a very human story as well, um, isn't it? The guy who plays Glass is fantastic. Yeah. Um yeah, it's He's just starred in a western that's meant to be God, really good. it's just it it's such a great story and the further you go in you realize it's not a cut and dried story. There is a lot of nuance, there's a lot of um different bits and pieces and the way that they equally don't eke it out but don't speed through it. Well, it's like they'll show you bits and bobs and little characters yeah. and then they'll stop and go zoom in on somebody and give them a bit of time, a bit of yeah. story, tell their story, you know? The next episode is my is my absolute favourite episode. Same here, same yeah. here. I think it's, it's a very, very... Uh, I would say it's a close to a 10 out of 10 Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a modern classic of yeah. television. Uh, what's um, it called, Hannah? Just let's, let's get into that. Before, okay, uh, so the next episode is called This Extraordinary Being. Um, the synopsis says, Deep under the influence of nostalgia... Angela gets a first-hand account of her grandfather's journey. It is directed by Stephen Williams, who... He directed an earlier episode, didn't he, I think? Yeah. I think um, episode two, maybe. Um, no, it wasn't episode two, because that was Nicole Castle, wasn't it? She did the first two. Yeah, it was episode three. Okay. She was killed by space junk. So, um, yes, it's directed by Stephen Williams and written by... Damon Lindelof, obviously, and Cord Jefferson. Mm. Um, yeah, who... Let's see, what's he known for? Okay, so he was executive story editor on all ten episodes of Watchmen. He wrote for The Good Place, 
uh, Master of None. Oh, okay. Well, that's a two got comedies. Great stuff. Well, we shall look Basically, forward to that. He's got a good pedigree, and having already seen the episode, this does not let him down. Yes. This is an excellent episode. And hopefully, Hannah won't be too whacked out from all the drugs uh, that she'll probably be having to take <laughs> at oh that point. To, uh, yes. All the nostalgia you'll have hopefully to. Hopefully, uh, I'll be fine. You will be fine. We don't. We don't need to hope. We know this. Um, a quick uh, final reminder that we always appreciate emails as well. So let's get more of those coming in, shall and we, more guys? More voicemails. It's lovely hearing yes, your voices. Yes, absolutely. So uh, rewatchproject at gmail.com or at rewatchproj on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to go over to wearepodsyndicate.com to check out all of the other shows there. So for now, Indeed. farewell. 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 Poor Johnny's date. Poor John Fry is dead. All gather round his coffin now and cry. This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.